listening to Sports Radio Detroit. if you will a horror podcast that has knowledgeable and awesome and you would find grave discussions is that us it is actually oh my god welcome to episode 55 the dimension of imagination i am barnabas and i am samael this week's episode is going to be all about jordan peele's the twilight zone but of course, we're going to be mentioning uh, the original series as well. But before we get into all of that, we do have to give a shout out to Sports Radio Detroit, our gracious hosts. Yes, and you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sports Radio Detroit, SRD, not Detroit Sports Radio. There's a very important key difference. Correct. Today, I'm very like, what's it called? Like, I just I just have etiquette and I'm just like very... <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm like like it's, the the first white american <laughs> accent you know like it's very becoming of yes you. it's a george washington yeah. right here i'm very yes. very <laughs> very mature i'm mm-hmm. more mature than everyone i know that's the voice that fucking yeah. condescending <laughs> i sound english but i'm from an american family accent <laughs> there you go so let's get right into the news off of that so first up uh some hot takes Mark Hamill officially announced as the voice of Chucky in the new Child's Play coming out this summer. Honestly, I was super skeptical about Child's Play because, like, I just assumed Chucky was going to be like this killer robot. But now that now that Mark Hamill's voicing him, I was super okay with that because he could probably do any voice he wants, you know? Yeah. And he's like a fucking legend because of like you know the whole Joker thing. Right. But uh, I just don't want Chucky to sound like Joker. Hello, Andy. <laughs> Or should I say Batman? It's like, no, no I don't think so. Well, wrong, wrong universe, Jokey. There was a video where uh, apparently it was the new Mark Hamill voice or like the laugh rather for Chucky in the new movie. How is it? But it basically sounds like the Joker. So it makes me think it's not that real, but I, I have no idea. I swear to God, if, <laughs> if Chucky sounds like the Joker and he's just like, yeah oh my god no well, i'm gonna walk out of that theater apparently he uh mark hamill actually voiced chucky in a robot chicken episode like way back in the day so he actually has done the character before so nobody can really be upset about it you know but that's so that's the last thing i'm gonna say on oh that. man <laughs> okay next yeah. so the next thing is that uh midsummer ari aster's sophomore effort after uh the hit hereditary which was one of the most badass films of last year if i may mm-hmm. add it was period objectively no it's not objective but <laughs> you know if you have good taste in horror and you like atmosphere rather than shitty jump scares and you want some shit that's going to shake you to your core and have you have very personal thoughts about it then you know hereditary was for you mm-hmm. so yeah midsummer is coming out july 3rd now officially it originally had an august date so that's that's dope i'm excited I mean, how are they going to call it midsummer and, re- and release it in August? Bitch, yeah. that's the end of summer. That's fucking, that's yeah. almost the finish line. I think they realized that like after 
They're like, oh shit, dude, wait. that's ten feet close to the end zone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, basically. So uh, into the, like the real uh, news articles here now. The first one just announced today, I think actually. Tobin Bell from Saw fame and Adrian Barbeau, legendary, uh, The Fog, you know, and everything. So they are going to star in an adaptation of Stephen King's Gray Matter for the new Creep Show coming out on Shudder. You know what I like about this new Creep Show? It's staying true to Stephen King. Yeah. It is. I mean, because they're trying to respect, like, you know, the original Creep Show as well. And that means basically, you know, respecting Stephen King. Oh, yeah. And, and George Romero. I have to. So, rip. Yeah. And uh, apparently Greg Nicotero is going to be directing this episode as well. Oh, uh, he's 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 dope, bro. Period. Yeah. He's really phenomenal. I mean, Dude, you see him all over the horror community, too, mm-hmm. not just in the shit he's involved in. You see him on, like, the Halloween interviews. You see him giving his opinions on literally every little matter in horror. Like, the dude's, dude's oh, yeah. been around, man. He's passionate, you know, so... That's that's ma- what we need. That's a main reason that I'm excited about the new creep show. Hell yeah! Also, just all the stars that have been cast so far. I can't wait to just buy the horror like, icons. The you whole know? like new creep show set. Yeah. So let's move on now. Speaking of horror legends, Fred Williamson, William Sadler, Martin Cove, and others join Stephen Lang in a new film called VFW, and this one sounds pretty cool because it's basically about all these uh veterans and they have to like protect some like drifter or something like that from a a bunch of like mutants and like a like a they said like there was this guy he's like in charge of it all but then like his like underlings are mutants sounds like sometimes they come back it does sound really cool it's exciting that all these it's like the horror expendables (laughs) kind of you know yeah it's just got all these uh older horror veterans now so it's badass. Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pumped to see what happens. So be on the lookout for that one. Once you have more information, we'll let you know. And the last article is about the conjuring three. And it oh, was officially shit. announced that it's coming out in September, 2020. I swear you, I wish you would have just not told me this until like <laughs> 2020 started at least. Yeah, I know. I was hoping at to see it have, this year too, but at least we have, at least we have the it's new okay, Annabelle though. movie. Exactly, because the new Annabelle movie is still going to star Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Nice. So that's probably why The Conjuring 3 was pushed back. Oh, yeah. Because you know, they had to be on that. They always got to throw in those damn Annabelles as if The Conjuring... You know. <laughs> they, they just keep adding shit. Like, when are they going to fuck up Valak and you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I, I was fine with Annabelle creation or whatever, you know, because it was a pretty good movie. I'm not gonna lie creation was way better than the first annabelle to me exactly it was better than like annabelle creation for me was like right right after the conjuring in terms of how much i liked it but did they need to do more after that i feel like not really i think so because like there needs to be like a cap on it because they in, they, they introduced valak they gave his whole backstory in the nun mm-hmm. and now we gotta like just fucking we gotta we gotta deal with everything in this universe and finalize it annabelle the newest one takes place modern day, I'm assuming, as does yeah. The Conjuring 3. So eventually, I think both are either going to have some resolution or some just, uh, everyone's fucked, you know? Yeah. I guess I'm also confused about where Annabelle comes home 
fits in the chronology because like it, lo- it looks like it takes place like today because like they've always been keeping that doll yeah and now they open it and let it and that girl lets it loose like that's probably around the same time as conjuring three conjuring three is probably going to be the sequel to annabelle Cre- uh kind of in a way and, and their and, daughter one their daughter wasn't that old right in yeah, the old movies so exactly. yeah it has to be a sequel that's probably like the newest one like mm. and then conjuring three is going to be like probably the follow-up after that yeah even though it's called conjuring three and not annabelle the fourth yeah. sequel yeah see that's the thing i feel like annabelle comes home actually looks pretty decent uh except that it's still very reliant on the jump scares yeah that's what even the in the trailer probes. bro like yeah. you saw in the trailer how many jump scares there's gonna be and the same you know look under the bed and then get your feet snatched out from the bed or like the tu- same th- or oh. like turn around there's nothing there yeah turn around again nothing in front of you and the camera turns behind them again and there's something there yeah. and it just pops out like like listen we're you know we're pretty forgiving a lot of the time us specifically you know yeah oh well, yeah but stuff like that is just so easily realized and like it's just obvious that it's bad because it's overused oh yeah fuck you yeah. know so that's the only thing that i wasn't a fan of uh in the trailer but other than that it looked pretty good see that i, I hope like horror like gets away from that blumhouse feel and like mm-hmm. starts getting into that as we saw earlier the scary stories to tell in the dark feel yeah because let me tell you after watching that trailer which is you know our next trailer we got to talk about uh-huh. dude yeah and it's and that's apparently as you said it's probably only based off the first book so we're gonna have two more movies after this and you see a group of kids in the, a house and some monsters you're like mm-hmm. all right this is gonna be some classic horror shit right here yeah because I don't remember. I mean, I remember a lot of like the stories in the books, but I don't remember exactly which stories were in what book. But we know that it's got the spider thing, the the toe one. Um, what else? That like fat, yeah, <laughs> in, monster in the, in the hallway or whatever. Yeah, with the long hair. Mm-hmm. And then like the scarecrow and like a couple, bunch of other ones. But I don't remember exactly you know which books those were in, but. Uh, I hope there are sequels, but yeah, this one looks awesome. Yeah, it looks kick-ass. Like it, uh, the atmosphere. That's the main thing about it that had me. That's that's what really does it for me nowadays. Like nothing really scares me other than like like an eerie score with like foreboding music and nice atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like because I just like it makes me feel uneasy. You know, not scared, but like just like Ugh, what the fuck. I feel like that extreme Asian shit is the only stuff that can like scare me anymore. Oh man. Those <laughs> guys know? are ruthless. But I I try to avoid those movies cuz I'm like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to see, so I like kind of don't want to see. Like exactly. Cuz see, but you know knowing us, I don't I don't want to go into a horror movie and then be all paranoid after cuz I'm like fucking toasted or something, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I want to sit down and watch like Demon Night, you know? Right, right, right. Like, but that's the type of shit I love. Or, this movie looks like it has badass potential iteration. to be really quite good and uh it looks actually pretty scary because that there's a one particular scene and like i think they're in like a jail or something like that because i think there's like a jail cell i don't remember but uh it's the one that's like crawling on the ground yeah like backwards that yeah that should look badass <laughs> kind of looked cgi heavy at that point mm. but i don't really even care because this is going to be like yeah. this is going to be like silent some silent hill type shit you know what i mean right, that's right. what it looks like was it next month now oh, yeah may mm-hmm. 3rd so guys the ted bundy movie with that zach efron guy is coming <laughs> yeah extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile or, or basically aka a ted bundy movie with zach efron yeah it. that's what i call it i'm not gonna call <laughs> it what 
Because, dude, this seems like a 1950s title for a yeah. movie, doesn't it? I, I kind of I dig it. It's, like, different. It's it's retro you as know? fuck. Like, I want to call my smart horror movie, you know, like, the escapades of so-and-so, you know. Like the day that March it. transformed in the eve yeah. of the bronze shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But, anyway, the movie looks pretty dope. Zac Efron plays a really convincing Ted Bundy, I think. And, you know, he's got all the, the girls ogling him in the trailer. He looks just like Ted Bundy. I'm <laughs> he, sorry. He really does. Are we sure that Zach Efron is not a serial killer? And he doesn't have the unibrow, though. That's the only thing that's missing. Yeah. I mean, objectively speaking, Zach Efron is probably much more attractive than Ted Bundy oh, was. Yeah. You know, except like, like if Zach Efron wanted to be a serial killer, he probably could be. You know what I'm saying? But like, I like what the trailer did because like. He had like a chick in it and like he convinced her that he's not doing it. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, the truth will come out. It's like, it just goes to show you, man, these serial killers are manipulative as shit. Yeah. So I guess that's the light they were trying to dawn on that. There are as people if we didn't know. <laughs> in real life, I feel like are serial killers sometimes. But let's move on now to our first segment of the week. And it is the cult corner. <laughs> In this week's cult corner, we've got a real underground, literally. Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, you fuck. Uh-huh, uh, <laughs> creature feature from the eighties, no less, called the Boogans. I uh, I saw this one on Amazon, and I told Barnabas about. it. I was like, "Yo, look at this movie." And yeah. He's like, "What the fuck is Boogans?" So I was like, <laughs> "We will find out." Yeah. So I bought it, and apparently, it's like super hard to find. Like, you can't really find it. People look for this movie. Mm-hmm. They talk about it on YouTube. They're like, yeah, this is one of those hard to find. So I picked it up because they only had seven left. Uh-huh. And the cover looked badass. It looked hella retro. And who can resist the boogans? That's true. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bait title for sure. It's like, well, I don't know. What, what's a boogans? Yeah. You know, so you check it out. And you never really find out what, what the boogans is uh, that much. But we uh, can assume <laughs> it's the monster. Yeah. Well, there's a, uh, a cool like bit of trivia apparently uh it was initially supposed to represent i guess like how you feel when you're i don't know scared or something like that and then it was like a form of boogeyman or something like that i guess referring to the monster okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah the boogans is uh about a group of miners (laughs) and we mean the people who work in mines. <laughs> Unlike yeah. the back of this movie says, this movie spelled miners, M-I-N-O-R, like a bunch of 16-year-olds just went and opened yeah. them. Guys, we got to open these mines. We're kids. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah, no, but they were like real miners, and they went to go open this mine after some incident where like a bunch of people died and got caved in or something like that. And there was one survivor, mm-hmm. and he knows about them monsters. Yeah, now he's like an old guy, but they go to reopen it, and of course, they let something out. Of course, otherwise it wouldn't be a horror movie. Yep. Uh, It's kind of like the feel it gave me, like, it was like small town, so it was like my bloody Valentine slash Mm -hmm. evil dead-ish to me, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Because like the whole cabin and shit. It definitely felt like my bloody Valentine to me. Oh yeah, like I don't know why, it just had like that same like feel to it, except my bloody Valentine was a lot better. And it was a slasher. 
this movie uh, was definitely a creature feature, but this movie took sort of a different approach because it really didn't show the, the monster like almost at all. But it showed until, the, like the, the end of the movie. Classic getting dragged away by the feet scene. And yeah. then we saw like tentacles, so we assumed it was like this killer octopus or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping it was not like a hentai monster <laughs> or something like that, the, you know. The, but The hentai... <laughs> Like yeah. the sex with chick monster. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why does well, everyone know about that? I, I don't know. Anyway, we all accidentally. I don't. In, I don't know. As, about that. as as kids, we all accidentally typed about. in dragonballx.com <laughs> instead of Dragon Ball Z, and we saw the tentacles yeah. fucking the chick. Anyway, and we told our parents it was an anyway. accident when they found it on our history, but we know what we were looking for. Yeah. We were looking for tentacle the, sex. These monsters ended up being quite a bit different than. I even really imagined. Yeah. But they were they were cool monsters, honestly. You know, for yeah. a low-budget film, these monsters looked fucking dope. Yeah, they had, like, these big, bulging eyes, like, insect eyes or something like that. And their faces were, like, super weird. And I can't even describe their bodies. It's just like they too had, odd. They were, like, they, they weren't tall. They were, they were kind of, like, longish. They crawled on the ground. Yeah. And, like, you never really see them throughout the movie, yeah. like, at all. But you see people getting just annihilated and then you see a dog get pulled into a metal vent yeah that was sad yeah that was fucked up dude that was the smartest fucking dog ever and they had it in a low budget who who's whose dog was that man fun fact apparently it was two dogs oh shit yeah so so i just discovered that only one of them died i don't know uh apparently there were two dogs used and he definitely was one of the best characters in my opinion dude he was the the best character why why yeah that's the unfortunate thing i didn't care about any of the characters at all yeah i totally don't they all look the same to me 80s white people are all the same are all the same person take people take them take the people from fucking from boogans right (laughs) take the people from the evil dead yeah besides ash right yeah and take the uh, like most of the people from creep show to the raft and uh yeah, com- combine them all together and, and you won't be able to tell who's from what movie that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good way to describe no one's gonna be like you were in the boogans right no yeah. fuck no <laughs> i mean to be fair i didn't really care about the characters in my bloody valentine either but this movie especially less other than the dog but uh you know so i didn't really care when they died there but there were some pretty cool death scenes it was mostly just that they were all <laughs> pov and then they ended up getting dragged away yeah by a tentacle like you said and it was just a lot of that until we got to the end and then you were like oh okay oh fuck like okay that's what it looks yeah. like and that's for like i don't know what was it like 10 minutes yeah probably of the movie or something like that i could be wrong i don't know it was cool but i kind of wish that we had seen more of the creatures that at was least really more than just their gripe. fucking tentacles yeah this was like one of those movies where they wait to finally reveal the killer except this time it was a monster like they used like the slasher fucking formula for this which was confusing no if it's a monster movie i want to see the monster dude it had like it but it it was like a slasher you know it was like that movie scream where the fucking uh well the the ghost the ghost ghost killer except this one was a monster yeah it's an interesting kind of direction to go with with monster movies yeah i didn't expect it to be like you know body count style yeah because for like the first i would say maybe like half of the monster which we discussed it was kind of more of a suspenseful movie yeah and it built it up with like the rain and all that stuff but then like the rest of the movie we saw the monster and it was a lot more action-packed yeah and this movie had those slasher type kill moments 
and then the rest of it was all just random mine drama yeah <laughs> you know dynamite like, being thrown yeah real dynamite by the way this isn't special effects they're mm-hmm. blowing up these fucking mines yeah well I, I i learned that for the climax of the movie they did use a real mine oh but shit. that the rest of the mine scenes were all built in like a like an unused department store or something like that what yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy no fucking way yeah seriously that's fucking nuts. Yeah, I got to read more about that. But dude, Boogans is badass. Uh, yeah. One thing I really wanted to comment about Boogans, like, for it being low budget, fuck me is the cinematography like ahead of its time. It's good, yeah. Like, it's very good. I mean, I wouldn't say that any of the shots are super dynamic. No, but no. it's just framed really well. The angles are good. You exactly. Know? Yeah, it was like it and was basic, but it was like done hella well. The, the POV was good too. You know, the monster POV. It didn't seem like. So, until the POV, like, it didn't really seem like a 1980s flick. You know what I mean? Like, kinda, yeah. it kind of had, it was 1981, but this had that, like, like late, late 80s feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, fucking Night of the Demons 2 type feel. Like, yeah, I can agree with that. Because pretty much everything else coming out in the 80s was very, it was either very, like, sporadic, you know, and quick, like Halloween got kind of later on. Yeah. And then there was, like, the really paced like methodical stuff kind of like evil dead Mm -hmm. you know so this movie though was i don't know it was kind of different i guess it wasn't bad at all i mean Mm -hmm. the acting wasn't bad because you know we're watching it with mokum and he usually comments when there's bad acting (laughs) like he'll be like what the fuck like yeah but no there was like maybe the first getting dragged away scene i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like super impressive acting or anything like that, but yeah, it was totally passable, you know. I think the the special effects were pretty badass too. Yeah, apparently there was only one monster made for this movie. I just read through all the trivia on IMDb, okay. so I, that's how I know. But there was only one monster made, so they had like two or three monsters at the end but it was only one actual like yeah thing, which makes more had, sense because yeah. it would have been so much more money to uh to actually build another monster damn that was like fully functioning and everything you know so it makes complete sense but damn you cool constraints yeah i know i wanted to see like a whole army of them like, i did too like chud or something that would have been crazy and you know the boogans is kind of similar actually it's got you know mind dwelling <laughs> monsters so it's a pretty cool monster flick due to the pacing and structure of just the movie itself. I don't really know if it has a lot of rewatch value. Yeah. Just because it's like, I don't want to wait until the end just to see the best part of the movie, basically. So that's the only thing I'll say about it. But is, this is a total like rare gem. So if you guys can get your hands on it, I would definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're into creature features, because yeah, just add it to the collection. Yeah, it, watch it, it once and then watch it once yeah. a year. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely go check it out, guys. Next up, though, we're going to move on to our main discussion, but we're going to give a couple quick shout outs to some other SRD shows. Hi, this is Chris, and this is Roger. And if you like Tigers baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food, check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Bryant. Catch me, E, and Brian on Pearson's Peace, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio Detroit Network, CRB, on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else you can find podcasting. Welcome back, horror lovers. This week, we're going to be discussing another Jordan Peele venture, but it's not a film. It's a TV series. The Twilight Zone. I didn't. I never expected it to make a comeback, but mm-hmm. you know now Twilight Zone, Creep Show. What's next? Tales from the Crypt. There were rumors about that, but apparently it got canceled or something like that. I don't know. I, I do kind of want to see it, as long as, of course, the original voice John Cassier can come back. You know that would be sick because no one can emulate him. Honestly, yeah, no one. No. Even people who can imitate him. I can I can like kind of do the laugh, but not nearly as perfectly, of course. I can't even emulate <laughs> that voice. There's some voice I can voices yeah. I can emulate easily, but that one was just But Harad Serling though is uh pretty incomparable, man. I mean, he's got such a unique mysterious like lonely kind of voice. He has that know? he has a classic voice. Yeah. Like the kind of voices you only heard when movies with audio first started being made you know what i mean yeah. like that like just super defined narrator voice like no one can emulate that yeah for the style of show that the original twilight zone was it was is a perfect fit you know and he that's why that that show is iconic i feel like i mean that's one of the big reasons oh yeah fuck all yeah. of his introductions were super cool I, I i always appreciated that they did them at the beginning of the episodes but uh the new series i feel like does it pretty effectively as well in the spirit of the twilight zone but they do have new episodes you know it's not just the same rehash stuff even though it was inspired nightmare, maybe yeah this nightmare at thirty thousand. it's feet, something different though it is different that's the thing it's a different nightmare it's, at thirty thousand feet <laughs> it's inspired by the original nightmare at twenty thousand feet but it's definitely a different episode we will discuss that though but first we're going to discuss episode one the comedian jordan peele is a badass narrator he is i like like the new intro too with him yeah it's it's definitely in respect of the original you know because we get basically the same dialogue even from jordan peele and you know i it really works for me it's not like the exact same as rod sterling no but but He's still got the same kind of monotoneness almost, but it's kind of off-putting. Yeah, it's his enough, own. You know? It's his own little thing. Yeah. But like, and it, it should. He be. sounds good. Like, there's. I have no qualms with this. Like, with like mm. Jordan Peele. You know, like I fucking love the guy. And like, yeah. I didn't know he would be that good of a narrator. It kind of, it kind of took me off guard. I didn't think yeah. he was gonna be like that. Like, it's so weird seeing him serious. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, because he's usually so funny, and I mean... Yeah, like, Jane Peele was the shit. There are comedic moments in this. I mean, the first episode is the comedian. Yeah. You know? And so he does inject his humor into it, sort of, but he still takes the role of the narrator very seriously in the spirit of Rod Serling, who is always very foreboding and, you know, just... He makes you feel like... Like, you just feel like some shit's about to go down when Rod Serling talks to you. Yeah. And then at the end... He just hits you with that depression. Yeah. Because it's always something really like messed up and you think about it and you're like, oh, wow. Dude, growing up when I was like <laughs> you know. three, four, five, six years old, even seven, eight, 
and my dad would turn on the twilight zone and i would just be like nope no thank yeah. you i'm gonna go in the kitchen and play video games because that's where i kept my nintendo 64 yeah i mean even some of the episodes like the one where they all discover that they're toys and they're trapped in a bucket or something i'm like dude that's terrible I, yeah. if that was me i would be i don't know i would want to like what do i do crack myself in half or something like that if i'm a toy i don't i don't know but like it's not really like i don't want to say it's not horror it is horror but it's like damn it's not even psychological you know what i mean it's, it's like this it's like metaphysical horror that's yeah, exactly. the best way to explain it like, ex- like exist cosmic yeah existential horror. existential horror like, space horror like seriously what if we are just like numbers in a computer program you never fucking yeah. know like of course you know but you know what i mean you never know but you know you're not you can never know that you're not yeah exactly and the thing that jordan peele's twilight zone actually does sort of contrary to that because in the original everything was kind of like its own story oh yeah you know in this one it almost seems to be like a shared universe because you see stuff between the comedian and nightmare in Thirty Thousand feet that are the same oh yeah you see like similar characters and stuff like that so that's interesting be on the lookout for stuff because there are a lot of easter eggs but for the comedian specifically, it's got Kumail Nanjiani as Samir Wasan, the, the titular character, the comedian. And he is exactly that. He's a stand-up comedian. At this, see, he's on Netflix, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I know he looks familiar. He, he plays in a... He's got a movie, The Big Sick, I think is what it's called. And he also starred in Silicon Valley on HBO. Oh, shit. I don't and have like HBO. a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It is a good show. He's he's a funny guy. But in this episode, he's not that funny of a guy until he talks to Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Dude, who else to be Satan but Tracy Morgan? You wouldn't expect it cuz like that's probably like one of the most beloved people yeah. out there. It was it was kind of funny to me though because it's like why Tracy Morgan? Yeah. You know, is he just like the 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 evil genie for comedy specifically? or something like that i think like they're that. hinting something like that i don't know yeah some it's something weird Dude, did you know did you see the shout out they did uh when uh, samir said to, to tracy morgan he's like that's a cop out and tracy yeah. morgan was in cop out yeah i was like ah uh, i caught that uh, I'm bitch sure, i'm sure that jordan peele knew about that but yeah there were a lot of really cool references and stuff uh but basically as soon as samir wasan talks to jc wheeler portrayed by tracy morgan uh, he starts being hilarious because he starts uh, talking about people he knows in real life and situations in real he's life. He's talking about himself, basically, or like exactly. yeah, his life. And it's kind of a clever device because in regular stand-up comedy, that's really all it kind of is. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And and some comedians definitely push the limits, and they're very dark, and those are kind of like the more underground sort of comedians. You know, but the really successful guys are like Sebastian Maniscalco or something. He's badass. I swear. Like, I'm Italian. That's his whole yeah. j- joke reservoir. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And everybody loves it. I love it. And then Bill Burr's just like, you ever think about this stupid shit? Like that's Bill Burr's. <laughs> yeah. like, I wanted to hit an old lady with my car today. Like that's Bill Burr's yeah. like, what is wrong with you people? Like, <laughs> exactly. To everybody. Like, yeah. So that's, it's kind of a play on that. I feel like. And I think that Jordan Peele is really trying to say, you know, if he thought of this concept, I'm not sure. It does, it does have a different writer. Yeah. But, uh, and it's directed by Owen Harris. But still, you know, I feel like he had to have some creative control as the producer. But maybe he just wanted I wonder, to be the narrator. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know. But 
I mean, it's kind of interesting because it's like, uh, what's happening in like humor and comedy today, you know? But it takes it into this very sci-fi direction where weird things start happening about the things he's talking about up yeah. there. So that's that's kind of all I'll say about it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it because we got people here and <laughs> yeah. viewers that haven't seen the new exactly. one. But it's a really interesting premise. I just don't know if it executes that well all the time. I felt like the jokes like weren't funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like that was intentional. That's, yeah, that was the message. Like, But at the same time, it's like cringy yeah. to sit through, you know? Yeah, it was like, I was so like, I'm like, this isn't that funny. Yeah. Like we, I got this comedian, you know, he's on like the horror everything, mm-hmm. saying the same stuff we say about like Rob Zombie and stuff. Caliber Ducci, he's like, <laughs> he posted last night, he's like, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, and that's bullshit. No one ever laughs at those kind of jokes, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was exactly. not funny. That was my qualm with that. Yeah. So <laughs> and I agree. It it is intentional, I'm sure, but it also is kind of off-putting. It kind of had me off guard the first time it happened because yeah. he's just like, I have a nephew and he's ten. <laughs> and he call he says I suck I'm not funny and everyone's like ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah that's all I want to kind of reveal about it but maybe it's like anti joke police like it's just saying like yeah, you I don't, don't have to give up everything that you love to get everything you want just so you think yeah. just so the people who find the most dull stuff funny mm-hmm. and they're the ones who like make you popular you know like those are the guys that come out and see you all the time right, and, right. Like, so those are the gods that you have to tell your jokes for you know what i mean it's like it's it's definitely smartly written it's just something about it and i i will say i liked it kind of you know i I enjoyed it well and and lit well and everything and acted well and it was like it felt like the twilight zone because that yeah shit kept happening every time he'd make a joke so you're like yo this is this is legit it had no dude the whole plot fell perfectly in line with the twilight zone like i felt like yes this is and then I saw Jordan Peele. I was like, yes, this that's, is the Twilight Zone. You know zone. how you know it's the Twilight yeah. Zone? When you start to question everything in the show, bro. Yeah. That's the, that was the main part about like the Twilight Zone, even like the throwback, like mm-hmm. the nightmare at 20,000 feet. Is there really a creature on the wing? Isn't there? Like, And they just kept mm-hmm. going with it. And like, you, you're constantly asking yourself this question throughout the whole thing. Like, what is really going on? And you get a definitive answer at the end and it all makes sense. And, and here's the thing too, you know, to me, it kind of felt almost like black mirror it did uh obviously it's not as futuristic as that it's it's very contemporary but more or less but i thought that that was really what this adaptation needed you know, you know what it, it felt needed like to realize that it was modern and not do like too many cliche throwbacks yeah honestly because you know? that's what would kill it like all right we get it you love the original but no one wants to see you like throwing out an homage every 10 seconds or like even recreating the same thought process as the original you know yeah, what i mean exactly. just have it be like in a similar scenario like hey shit's going down what's going down we will find out like that's it that's all you need that's the formula what's going on yeah i don't know all right we'll drop hints and it'll eventually unfold like that's how it needs to be like uh you remember when the caretaker showed us that one show mm-hmm. with the blonde dude from 22 jump street and like he was doing some like uh some mind stuff and then like it mm-hmm. fucked with him and he couldn't tell reality from whatever and then he ended up dying or whatever like yeah that's what this felt like and but this this felt like like it was this didn't this wasn't trying to be too modern that was the thing it, it just was yeah just because of like the setting and everything and like the shit that was happening like it felt like a regular guy and then he just entered the quote-unquote twilight zone like it mm-hmm. just 
It's like for a split second, anything can happen. And then you're in the Twilight Zone in all of these. Like nothing is ever normal. That's why every time I started a Twilight Zone movie, even as a kid, not movie episode, I'd be like, all right, are they like, are they like in a caged environment? They're not really in the world. And yeah. at the end, they're going to reveal like they're in some sort of like trap, like, ah, ha, ha, they've been, you know, doing this for centuries and they're trapped in this bubble and they don't reveal that till the end. Like that's the type of shit I like. It's that you get mind fucked throughout like, the whole thing because you never know what is going on until like literally like the last three minutes of every fucking episode well see here's the thing about this one specifically a lot of the dialogue was very explicit you know oh, yeah. i feel like i feel like if it was a little more subtle it probably would have came off a bit better i get why it was written like that but it's it still it doesn't make it that much more appealing you know so i guess that was a gripe that some people had also that it was political not really i didn't i didn't feel that at all i, I didn't i won't say why people thought that but maybe because it, like i don't think it was, it was like the indian dude trying to appeal to what white people think is funny yeah i, like, I don't know i, I guess so because like all, well now all the people in the audience were like no it was just like he was though, trying like, to yeah he was trying to appeal to the masses I exactly guess. you know i mean the masses are the white i mean you know yeah but that wasn't like the main thing about it. that wasn't even the main message of this whole fucking thing right it was about like Mainly about, like, I guess I would say creative control since you have limited creative control if you have to appeal to a certain demographic, so. Yeah, but that's kind of our take on that episode. I'm just glad it wasn't art art house bullshit, you know what I mean? Yeah, it really wasn't. It did definitely feel like the Twilight exactly. Zone. And this next one, in my opinion, was primetime Twilight Zone, dude. Yes, fuck yes. Yeah. Second Night episode? Nightmare at 30,000 feet episode two no it's not the monster on the fucking wing all over it's again not. i thought it was gonna be mm. but by the time like by the time the dude basically the cockpit and the monitor part mm. and he's like you know thank you and that's how i knew like oh yeah like that's when everything like fell in i was like oh this wasn't even okay like this wasn't gonna eventually go down but because of that it did like yeah this was in my opinion very well written it was a good homage to the original episode, but it was not technically a reboot. So don't go into it thinking that this is definitely a different story, but it still got the same, I guess, spirit of the original, you know, with the plane, with the mystery. He's looking out on the, at the wing multiple times, but it's a great mystery. Yeah, because like <laughs> it makes you think like, like you start to suspect everyone mm -hmm. and then it throws you in a completely different direction. Like once his little podcast thing is almost done, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And then the final revelation, like, Oh, you're like, mm -hmm. fuck poor guy, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> so all I'll say is, uh, this one does focus on Adam Scott as he's great, bro. He is. Yeah. He's an investigative reporter who gets on this plane, pretty routine, light although of course there's some weird stuff that happens at the airport that i won't spoil but i don't know i just thought it was composed very well it was very atmospheric and then once he got on the plane yeah he found this machine and it had <laughs> what are you from the 50s you call in technology machines <laughs> yeah it had this player in the seat and had a podcast on it <laughs> ironic uh-huh <laughs> and so he listens to the podcast and it's basically very foreboding and that's all i really want to say about it but it was a very interesting premise very much modern but still 
paying homage to the original episode really well. So I really like this one. I mean, it went in a lot of different directions, but it's kept you engaged pretty much the entire and Run that's time. why it felt like a twilight zone like thing like this new one people can talk shit all they want people okay let's let's be real people are talking shit because jordan peele is a narrator and they hate jordan peele because oh guess why i don't even need to touch that why do people hate him yeah because he's a black dude trying to do his own thing and he's like look i i've seen white people star in horror movies a million times I'm going to, you know, do my own thing. And then people are like, do, 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 do. Yeah. and those are the people that are talking shit about this or the people that just don't see like the, the parallels of this mm. and the original and how, how fucking similar they are. Like it's, it's the same show just modernized to me. Like it's, that's exactly what it feels like. Sure. No Rod Serling and his Jordan Peele, but that doesn't make a fucking difference. You're, yeah, we you're don't still, need that. You, there's still the mystery. You still feel that atmosphere that you're, you're not where you're supposed to be. You're in that twilight zone. Like, like yeah. even they said in the episode, like yo, human beings aren't supposed to be thirty thousand feet in the air. Anything can happen. Mm. Yeah, and so they do a good job of placing us in that different dimension. But yeah, I agree. We kind of had to bring that up because yeah, I don't even feel like that needs to be a discussion in the horror community, and it is. Yeah, for some reason, not so much like right now, but it's still weird that that, that was even a thing. And I I agree completely. It's bullshit, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah, but no matter what you think about Jordan Peele, I mean, I think that you should definitely give this series a chance. The Comedian was all right, not a masterpiece, but yeah, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. That one was... Was very good, in my opinion. Yeah, honestly, I feel the same. That was, for me, like a 10 out of 10, like, moment. Like, yeah. from a TV show, because mm -hmm. I, you know I'm not into TV shows besides now, like, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Stranger Things, Sabrina... Etc. Mm. Etc. Et but yeah. like this, this is I'm 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 staying tuned, bro. Like I know the release date of all the next episodes. I got the trial to that, you know. Yeah, CBS, CBS. All Access. I'm gonna keep it, and I'm just gonna watch the episodes. Honestly, yeah. it's it's pretty worth it. I mean, it is. What the hell? <laughs> watch these first two episodes. If you hate both of these first two episodes, like objectively, you're like, okay, that wasn't very good. Then don't watch it. But it's only five ninety nine to get CBS All Access with commercials and 10 bucks no commercials it's not that bad i mean and you I, don't only think, just get the twilight zone yeah and in the previews that they showed for the upcoming episodes honestly they looked good dude the next you one know? looks kick ass yeah i thought that was a uh, brenda from scary movie though it looked oh. like her <laughs> yeah kind of but it's not no it's a what is it, what's her name sana latham or something like that yeah you're right yeah you have a good memory sometimes <laughs> when i want I only when I read want her memory. i only read her name once so i was like yo but it looks, uh, I don't know, this this is doing the original justice, I believe. Mm -hmm. And if we have more episodes, like episode two, I think episode one was just to like lure us. I think it was going to trick us mm -hmm. like, yep, this might be as good as it gets. And then they hit us with episode two. I watched them yeah. back to back last night and like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I'm like super geek because it's not like if you're going into this expecting horror and monsters and mm -hmm. that's not what this is about. This is like you enter a parallel dimension where like they're literally the rules are arbitrary to wherever the hell you're at and you yeah. don't know where you're at. You don't know what you're watching. You don't know where it's taking place. That's the thing. So just just watch it and enjoy. Wait it wait for it to unravel. Mm -hmm. That was like the whole you don't have to be spoon fed the whole plot in five yeah. minutes so you know That's what's going it's a on. Story. Exactly. Like if it, it it would just be a statement if it was just like straight to the point. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not he's he's gonna he's gonna do this or this is gonna like no, we don't need that spelled out to us. We're not troglodytes, you know, we don't come from 
we don't dwell in caves and right. all that. <laughs> so yeah, no, I agree completely, dude. And I enjoyed the hell out of Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet. Ten out of ten, bro. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll say about it for sure is that I really enjoyed Adam Scott's performance. Everybody performed well, but Adam Scott really knocked it out of the park. Oh, dude, he was the, playing the paranoid guy very well. Yeah. And definitely. like, I don't know, he was like, he was like one of those, like, he felt like he was being an entitled dick at times. Like, I felt like he was. Mm-hmm. But like, that's, I think, what he was going for, you know? Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. kind of condescending. Because that's what kind of threw him off. And that's, yeah, that's what I'll leave it off with. But definitely check it out, guys. I think it's a really interesting mystery. And I think that you'll be on the edge of your seat. <laughs> hypothetically you're gonna get tripped out honestly yeah let's move on to our very last segment let us know what you guys think about twilight zone with jordan peele and as well about uh, the boogans but we're going to move on to the chopping block (laughs) and in this week's chopping block fiends we have a new netflix movie that dropped out of the blue for no reason (laughs) yep Produced uh, by Divine Conquer and Blumhouse. You see, you see, that's what worries me. Either Blumhouse movies can be like extremely good mm. or like painfully mediocre. Yeah, but let's talk about the newest one here, Mercy Black, coming out of nowhere, like you said, and uh, surprise pretty much everybody. Dude, but- I was just dicking around on Instagram, <laughs> and then I seen I I saw Blumhouse post this, and I was just yeah. like. Let me send this to Barnabas. And like the second I saw it, I sent that shit to you. Yeah. So this movie definitely hyped people up because of the Blumhouse thing. And I feel like they definitely didn't hype it up for a reason. Yeah. Uh, Damn. It was certainly very truth or dare-ish in, in uh, well, not in style, I guess, because it wasn't so goofy, but it was just kind of the same thing that we've already seen you know what was sad about it is that like the whole movie was like like straight up horror horror Mm -hmm. i felt like it was trying to be a genre film but kind of failed you know what i mean it had that like deeper meaning in it it had all the like allegories but i felt like it took itself too seriously for what it actually was yeah because it tried to deal with all these mental health issues because it's essentially based off of the the slender man stabbings yeah and just kind of hit it with this mercy black figure who was supposed to be the supernatural entity that these girls uh were supposed to like sacrifice their friend to or something in order to get whatever they wanted you see i thought about slender man initially when that happened but i was like why would they do that we already had slender man and then i think back to the slender man movie i was like oh yeah because it was a piece of shit okay so i understand but see, here's the thing. They took a piece of shit movie, idea uh-huh. for a movie, like the whole Slenderman thing and made it Mercy Black. Mm. And then instead of like improving it, they just made this horribly paced, I'm sorry, there's my feelings, yeah. this horribly play- paced, nonsensical bullshit. I felt like this was just a movie they just threw out there just because. Yeah. Just the way it was put together. And even even the CGI at the end was like, yo, like mm. I didn't like hate this movie that much, but like once that fucking Mercy Black showed up and I was like, you know what fuck you (laughs) fuck you in the ass yeah it was definitely very uninspired pretty much the entire movie was just horror movie tropes like oh the ghost is hiding up in the vent (laughs) great you know the kid looks under the bed and then he 
gets up she's in over bed. there sorry i'm spoiling one scene but whatever but yeah he he looks he gets all comfy in bed and then he looks he's like uh you know and then he sees her so that, so so who who is that in the vent because spoiler alert i'm not going to mention anything specific is it is it the is it the thing at the end or the thing before that that was you know spared you know what i mean like what was that in the vents was it the actual thing or was yeah, it the crazy it the one actual thing. okay um, i thought it was just crazy yeah uh, fingers we'll call fingers. apparently <laughs> apparently this movie was kind of confusing to some people because i searched for mercy black and i got like mercy black ending explained there's a twist in this movie but it's not that difficult to comprehend i feel like people are just getting dumber i feel it too because no i think people are just people are just looking for like allegories this movie there was nothing there this was just here you go uh urban legend like that was it right well here this they could say it was about mental health issues but just because a movie has someone who has mental health issues doesn't make the whole general idea Mm -hmm. just about like mental health sure oh the girl's crazy bro there's mental health in every movie look at halloween nightmare on elm street you think freddie and michael were all together in the head that's like you could say any movies about oh mental health like yeah so fucking stupid just watch the movie like not every like like i said it tried to be a genre film all right but there was no like really hidden metaphors everything was very explicit yo spooky ghost sacrifice i'm in the vents there you go (laughs) and there was there was a lot of drama too there was drama between like the sisters and then the sisters like ex-boyfriend that tried to exploit which is fine but it's like what kind of movie do you want to be but then they ended up like he ended up you know whatever happened to him and the sister like it was just really for nothing like it's like Mm -hmm. hey this guy's a fucking sleazeball also boom (laughs) like and he's you know like i don't want to spoil it yeah i can't really say my full thoughts on it yeah there was just a lot of uh questionable moments and these kind of movies i'll never really say that they're that well written but i feel like this movie definitely had better potential than what it delivered and it was just because it felt too similar yeah it It felt rushed yeah it's like hey boom just put out just put hey put out another ghost movie (laughs) like all right that's exactly how it happened probably like which template do you want like what do you mean this is just one yeah (laughs) this is one template you get a ghost movie here you go you know and that's blumhouse which is fine i mean they have good movies oh yeah you know this style of movie we've seen it a million times bro they every spooky ghost movie that's from 2000 and let's see from 2014 because that's when these type of like movies started till now like this was just like another version of uh what's that movie with the brother who wants to fuck his sister because ghosts want them to or whatever the hell you remember we watched it we talked about it like a few like like 10 episodes ago 20 episodes ago oh the lodgers yeah that's what this this movie had that type of feel to me even though that's not at all what was going on that was kind of cooler because the house was all like ancient or yeah you know i'm just saying like the the atmosphere was similar yeah but this movie was not serious enough to have that sort of atmosphere to it you know what i mean like yeah it dude it had moments right we're like there's no suspense like the, the movie itself didn't create suspense it just decided i'm gonna start being suspenseful and like it would just start playing like the deep bass and the foreboding music for like mm-hmm. no reason like so like someone like the chick would just be like walking through the house and then foreboding music like why nothing happened up until now now you want to be now this movie wants to be fucking foreboding yeah. like what what just happened like yeah it definitely goes from like a lot of sibling arguing 
and then to Ooh. here's a ghost. Like, yeah, bro, that's how it, you know, like Black Coat's daughter, uh, yeah. Dark Song. Yeah. They all have that same. But this movie didn't need that because this was a spooky, ghosty movie. Yeah, this boo haunted house. That's what this that, was. That's like that. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be sophisticated, kind of horror exactly. movie. Art house. Some, it works. It works for some movies. It didn't really work for this movie that much. This movie was too explicit to be an art, yeah, artsy movie. Because the right? whole setting is just like suburban America. It's like okay, we've seen that for the past 30, 40 years. Yeah, you know, it's just people stopped wearing suits and then really baggy jeans. Yeah. You know, that's the only difference. But we've seen it, and it's just not that new. You know, like the tortured was cool because it took place in like whatever a hotel or if something. Mercy Black looked you know, dope like that. too. That would have like made up for it. Yeah, but she didn't really. It's just like fucking. All right, imagine the Tooth Fairy from Darkness Falls. But way less cool, yeah. way less intimidating, and not even a mill of fraction as strong. Right. Mill of fraction. Like, that's like point yeah. zero zero zero. Like, didn't at one point, like, Mercy Black, she got poked in the eyes or whatever by, like, the chick who just got stabbed, and she was like, oh, no. Like, yeah. What I the don't. fuck? Like, it was weird. I wasn't really ever scared. I mean, it no. built up some decent suspense at times, but. The music made you think that. Yeah. It was it was it's placebo effect. It was it was they fucking this movie was too explicit to be scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I'll say about it. For me, this movie was chopped. Yeah, this is two weeks in a row we have a chopped movie. Yeah, I'm feeling good because <laughs> I feel like I have more shit to talk. Like when we just both watch a movie we really like, we'll praise the fuck out of it and we'll point out Easter eggs and like similarities and like mm-hmm. what we think inspired it. Like oh, that's that some Wes Craven shit. But this was just like no we don't i don't give a fuck yeah. what this was like yeah it was it was well produced uh the it was changeling meets well, slender man yeah meets it wasn't unique <laughs> at all and it's hard to be unique but i mean you got to do something different we just saw slender man last year so this isn't really timely at all now it just feels like a ripoff a ripoff of a bad movie. I watched Slenderman again recently with Mugun. He was like, "Wow, what a piece it's of terrible. shit!" Yeah, piece of bad. shit. I tried to give it a second chance, and no. I'm like, "Nope." This is. Yeah, I don't know why you bought it. <laughs> this is. I, I don't fucking know. I just had to own it just to say, "Look what piece of shit I." Yeah, I, I, I mean, that. I bought Doom Asylum. Have you watched Doom Asylum? No, I haven't. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, we we we, we sat through Sl- Final Exam, all right? Yeah, We've seen some shit. <laughs> Slenderman though was pretty bad too, and I would say this movie is at times more enjoyable than Slenderman, but not by much it's like so it's like yo if we make the two main actresses very pretty i bet they'll forget that this movie's very yeah. mediocre yeah i think blumhouse should probably just try to stick to their bigger stuff i think so and like if you're gonna have an original idea which this wasn't really anyway but if you're gonna have an original idea just put more money behind it and it'll probably be a pretty decent movie yeah save these but tiny ghost movies for whoever fucking bought new line cinema ghost house <laughs> pictures like that exactly because you know what because they make some good little bad movies you yeah, know what i mean yeah. like this some some bad movies have like good value but no this this was just like it wasn't a bad movie but it was just bad i don't know how to explain yeah. it to you like i were you watching it aesthetically it's good the music is good the acting is good, but then you're just like, mm. fuck this movie. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It just, I felt like I've seen it a million fucking times. Yeah. And I know exact, dude, I guessed everything right that was going to happen. I yeah. guessed everything. Everything that I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is going to happen. It happened like 10 minutes after I thought it. I was like, yep, mm. exactly. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but 
Uh, not to sound too egotistical, but you're welcome. You know, you can <laughs> you can skip this one. You're not going to miss out on much, really. I promised. You, yeah. If you've seen Slender Man and you're like, I'm going to go give that movie another chance. Let me watch it a second time. Yeah. And then you hated it still. Or if you were is, like, fuck that movie. Yeah. So this is one of those. You're the first time you're going to th- you think it's going to be a good movie. And then the movie just like plays through and you're like, aha. Uh-huh. So it's true. I am always wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know yeah that's basically that. so if you did watch it let us know what you guys thought about I'm it so either sorry way <laughs> if you watched it so sorry you had to do what either, we did. either way give us your thoughts on the movies that we talked about this week and about the episode itself and you can do so on all our social media facebook instagram and twitter just search for grave discussions or grave disc srd or you can just twitter. google us we're like the only one yep yeah you can also find our website by doing that uh gravediscussions.net it's all up to date with the newest episodes. We have an archive, so go check it out. And don't follow my personal Facebook. I don't know you people. Yeah, don't do that. But we'll talk to you through <laughs> grave discussions. So that's going to be it for episode 55, Fiends. Tune in next week where we bob for apples once again on Grave Discussions. <laughs> it should be Granny Smith apples. This has been an SRD production.